Israel News Talk Radio, straight talk from Israel. Shalom Yudim, Shalom Lebenei Noach, Shalom Legoyim. It's the evening of the fourth day, Erev Kaf Aleph B'chodesh Shvat, Parashas Yuskot, Tavshin Pei Dalas, 5784. The evening of the third day, Tuesday, January 30, 2024. You're listening to Phantom Nation, a.k.a. the program program, coming to you from the land of Jacob Israel, who believed as his father and grandfather taught him about God, whose uh, ruling class Jews in Israel <clears throat> don't want to know about. Journalist um, Ronan Bergman who reports on and mixes well with the IDF in-crowd, just reported in the New York Times, I believe, on uh, four unnamed Israeli generals frowning on the idea of victory in Gaza. Make a deal, they believe, at any cost, liberate the hostages and tolerate even the continued existence of Hamas in Gaza. And for sure, Bergman and the four were most unhappy that last night there were thousands who went to Binyanei Ha'uma, the convention center in Jerusalem, to shout and joy for joy and, and rally for building again in Gaza after, of course, the total extermination of Hamas, which, of course, can only be a temporary solution so long as Israel does not claim sovereignty and the right to evict people from Gaza. It is only a matter of time and another generation when a new Hamas will arise. Defense Minister Yoav Gallant had a stellish career in the army in leadership positions uh, and uh, is not averse to using major force against the Arabs in Gaza. But uh, it's true that in his community, in the IDF, they are all spiritual offspring of the pioneering Chalutzim, who dominated the military for a generation, the leaders within the Kibbutzim and the Moshavim, the socialists for whom the Jewish religion was something to make fun of, Ehud Barak, for example, former chief of staff, uh, the, that villain who was behind the refusal to respect the will of the majority of voters after the last election and caused all that trouble in the streets. He was raised as an atheist in his socialist atheist commune. And <clears throat> the same Ehud Barak who once said that if he were a Palestinian, he would be a terrorist too, which, spiritually speaking, is in the same class as Moshe Dayan, uh, sending the Temple Mount back into the hands of the Muslims. That was a complete rejection of Jewish identity, as it had been known for thousands of years. Uh, it was not a national identity in, s- in the sense of having a country, but a religious identity, exclusively. Before the Enlightenment, there was no such thing as a secular Jew. In a word, today's Israeli ruling class... Uh, They are the spawn of the post-religious Zionists, uh, the original ones, who used the persecution of the Jews to justify creating a Jewish majority state, which did not mean they wanted to continue living as Jews, as Jews had lived for thousands of years. The young men of the generation of 1948 who fought off the Arabs and dominated everything in the state's early decades and they were all raised up um, to look upon Moshe Dayan as the quintessential Sabra. And that is the personality, the IDF high command to this very day. No religious sentiment in them whatsoever. Yuhav Gallant is adamant there will be no restoration of Jewish life in the Gaza Strip. At the same time, he wants, like the Prime Minister, 
Israel having total security control. Once again, it's Israelis in their have-your-cake-and-eat-it-too mentality. A synonym for full security control would be sovereignty. What Israel needs to do is what it never has done, and that's to claim to be the legitimate landlord of the Gaza territory and to renounce any obligation to support the recipients of the UNRWA system currently living there. Israel has to face uh, its own criminal support of Hamas all these years, supplying them with free electricity and daily infusions of 700 semi-trailers bringing in all manner of consumer items. And I reason that one reason Israel has behaved this way is the corruption of making lots of money for the purveyors of all those items, the items in those semi-trailers, and of course the trucking companies and the drivers, big business. Today, for the fourth day in a row, hundreds of Jews have gone to the Karim Shalom uh, passage uh, to block supplies intended for the enemy, which I say is only a continuation of what Israel has done for decades. Gaza is a nest of scorpions in human form whom Israel feeds daily. And one reason for that is the absence of a religious life among its leaders. Gaza is mentioned in Tanakh 20 times. It's associated with the world-famous story of Samson and Delilah. The League of Nations recognized all the land west of the Jordan uh, to be the original Holy Land prior to the arrival of the 12 tribes, who two and a half of them settled on the East Bank. It is symptomatic of the corruption in Israel that world anti-Jewry these days in their hysterical mobs chant from the river to the sea, Palestine will be free, when uh, Jewish counter-rallies should be shouting from the river to the sea is for Jews, says the United Nations Charter. Then again, Israel is not very good at public diplomacy because of their defective Jewish identity. That is, they are lacking a living religious life. Israel will be a very different place if its leadership referenced religion time and again. This is our homeland, religiously speaking. The problem with a Yoav Gallant and a Ronan Bergman and the four unnamed IDF generals is the absence of any emotional link to the land. Uh, Where is it written that uh, North Tel Aviv is okay for anti-religious Jews to live in, but it's not okay for religious Jews to want to return to Gaza with its beautiful beaches, never developed by the Arabs because that is who they are. So there on uh, Channel 11 was Bergman advocating that Israel end operations and sue for any deal. Uh, And I contend, as with the uh, civil disorder under Ehud Barak after the elections, a major component in this dispute is between uh, those camps in the matter of religion. Put simply, for Israelis like Gallant and Bergman, they don't want to identify all those joyous religious men yesterday in the evening with skull caps, dancing in expectation of victory and returning to Gaza. The problem for the Israeli left remains the residue of Theodor Herzl's fantasy, at the end of which, in his time travel novel, there's friendship and harmony between all the religions in Palestine, as he called it, I'm sure, by its anti Semitic Gentile name, that is. I mean, the Latin name Palestina was the invention of the Roman Emperor Hadrian in the year 135 as part of his desire to exterminate not only Jewish nationhood 
in this land in what the Romans had called for two centuries Judea, but to exterminate the memory of this people. The very name Palestine at birth was associated with a kind of proto-Holocaust extermination project by the Romans. Of all the peoples the Romans overran, none were so rebellious as the Jews. A couple of generations before Hadrian, the Romans fought the first war with the Jews and destroyed the temple. And for that, built in Rome the Arch of Titus, a few meters from the Colosseum, in order to commemorate Rome's great victory over the Jews as a military triumph, which testifies to how vigorously the Jews had fought for their freedom. Defeating them was a big deal in Roman eyes. The problem with the anti-religious is their default fantasy of the Muslims in Gaza eventually outgrowing their hatred and uh, choosing to live peacefully next door to us. To which I say what they say in New York. Forget about it. Many people since October 7 have seen, and rightly so, a form of Nazism in the behavior of these pre-flood Neanderthals seized like an animal in heat, not only for sex, but satanic cruelty. Placing a baby in an oven on the burning coals and at the same time raping the baby's mother? With such people, Israelis who think uh, uh, peace is possible are just not thinking. It is behavior also so typical of the left. Rabin and Perez, who shook hands with Arafat on the White House lawn in 1993, had no sense of him, that is, he had no sense of human nature and its perversions, like him, when thinking peace was possible with Mr. Arafat and Mr. Abbas right there on the lawn with them. This is so typical of Marxists who have no sense of human nature because they have no sense that nature itself is the handiwork of Hashem.
Daniel Aviel doing a famous melody for the famous 23rd Psalm. Yeah, the pioneering Zionists of a century ago envisioned the creation of a new Jew, uh, call him Homo Israelicus maybe, to match a century in which the communists in Russia fantasized creating Homo Sovieticus, the new Soviet man who would be very different from the man created by God. Herzl envisioned harmony between a Muslim and Jew, and one can only wonder, oh, what, if he were alive today, what he would make of this latest horror on Sunday in Haifa. Twenty-year-old man was just walking along when a car driven by, I presume, a Muslim deliberately drove into him and made a mess of his legs. This happened right near a naval base. The evil Hamidic brute then uh, crashed his car into a wall of the base, jumped out with an axe, and ran toward the guard post, where, of course, the guard uh, shot him dead. Uh, such is life in Herzlandia, a society he never imagined. Not only are 136 mostly Jews held captive by these cruel Muslims in unspeakable conditions after months, denied the right to speak and even to cry. With such people, I have no desire to have any friendly relations. I only desire distance from them. They do not belong here in the land promised to the seed of Abraham and Sarah, not Abraham and Hagar. Before I became a student and a disciple of the Torah, I had spent years uh, teaching myself much about the Arabs. I had traveled through a third of their 21 countries, written numerous articles on their war against Israel. I read shelves of books uh, by respected scholars. And then I began to learn Torah and discovered that in just a few verses, uh, in which the reader meets Hagar and her son Ishmael, who in the end is expelled from the country by his father, the kindest, kindest man in the world. And after reading the great exegetes on this story, I realized there's more insight into the, in the Torah regarding the Arabs than all the books I had read written by these academics. Ishmael was expelled from this country at age 16. The text is clear. He was 14 years old when half-brother Yitzchak was born. And then he was weaned, likely at age two. And the text reports uh, on the festive occasion. Sarah, who had watched this uh, kid grow up, as prophesied, a wild one, she now watched him make fun of her little son, who was the center of attraction that day, and she feared the worst. When her aged husband passes, Ishmael had it in him to murder his little half-brother, her son, in order to steal all of his inheritance from Avraham. And so he 
and his mother, Ishmael and Hagar, were expelled from the country by Avraham. It's a cliche that Islam is one of the three great Abrahamic religions, which is ridiculous. Read the Bleshis, Genesis chapter 21. Abraham was the kindest man in the world, which is why he was selected to be Hashem's founding prophet, because Hashem was kindness itself. And totally unlike pagan gods, who were capricious and cruel, Avraham had wanted a son all of his life, and finally, at age 100, he gets one, Ishmael, but he turned out to take after his Egyptian mother. Avraham did not want to expel him because he loved him for his good qualities, but Hashem told him to listen to his wife Sarah in this matter. So Ishmael and his mother were expelled from the country. This happened 3,735 years ago. It's a common error to say Arabs are Semites, just like the Jews, but they're not. They're Hamites. The Jews hold to matrilineal, not patrilineal inheritance. The Arabs are not Semites. They're Hamites. And uh, no one knew what is truly Hamitic, or rather Abrahamic, better than Abraham himself, who decided to drive his firstborn son away from his community of followers in this country, precisely because Ishmael was not Semitic like himself and Sarah, but Hamitic like his uh, Egyptian mother. And if you want to know what Ishmael looked like, just turn on the evening news in Israel when there are mobs of Arab 16-year-olds slinging rocks at Jews using a slingshot weapon in use for thousands of years. Indeed, what the Arab Muslims did here last October was proof, undeniable proof, to honest people that Arabs and Muslims are very different from people in the Judeo-Christian West. Very different. In the name of their religion, they licensed themselves to do with Jews what they did. These more than a thousand murders via rifle and hand grenade and axes and knives, ghoulish rapes and mutilations. It will be a great sin if Israel deliberately chooses to reject the goal of the total extermination of all known Hamas members though it is no less a sin to be so protective of the non-Hamas so-called innocent civilians there when they clearly are not so innocent. If Idan Ahmedi is correct, they found weapons and bombs in every home. This labeling them as innocent civilians is a lie. What these atavistic antediluvian primitives did on October 7 was uh, launch uh, a worldwide spiritual epidemic of Jew hatred, I think, not seen since Nazi Germany. It's now socially acceptable in otherwise Judeo-Christian societies to spew Jew hatred and call like Nazis for the extermination of the Jewish people. Depends on context, right? It makes one wonder of the success, if any, in schools where they had courses in Holocaust education, which term I never liked, should the name of the course should have been uh, anti-Semitism education, which student, in which students would be taught that when people get crazy like this with accusation against Jews of doing evil things, in the end, everyone suffers, not only the Jews. Like the uh, 70% of Jews in universities these days hiding their identities in fear of physical violent aggression against them. It's all over the place, especially since October 7. At Cornell, for example, a Ph.D. candidate in English, Aliyah Gonzalez, uh, is teaching a course in writing, and she has also posted in support of Hamas and the Palestinian resistance, as she calls it. Surely, like all of these idiots who know nothing, 
she does not know that Hamas is not the Palestinian resistance. Hamas has no desire for a Palestinian state. In another post, she wrote, Me, personally, I think the F... S. Settler State of Israel and all those complicit in genocide and occupation can rot in the deepest, darkest pits of, pits of hell, close quote. Yeah, genocide and occupation. At NYU in the Gallatin Division, an adjunct professor claiming to be a Palestinian, uh, his name is Amin Hussein, and he told an audience at a teach-in on December 5, quote, they're trying to say, oh my God, you rapists and people that behead babies. Both of these accusations we know are not true, close quote. Now, everyone is entitled to their version of psychotic denial, but they should not be hired to teach in an otherwise respectable institution. This teacher was also known routinely to call New York a, a Zionist city, quote, I have a petition going around uh, because I'm anti-Semitic. I know the honors of being anti-Semitic, of being called anti-Semitic multiple times. Close quote. This Arab claims to be this Palestinian who participated in the First Intifada and met with the head of a Palestinian Islamic Jihad organization leader. Okay, but what is he doing teaching in an American university? And then in another news item at Harvard, a 1996 graduate who works uh, there now in a foreign language department, challenged one of the Jewish students filing a lawsuit against Harvard for, for not protecting them from the anti-Semites, challenged him to debate him in public over, ready for this, Israel's role in 9-11. And in his challenge, uh, boldly, he declared, quote, I hate Israel and Zionism with a passion. And you know full well they are two different things. No, they're not two different things. In a word, this latest eruption of mass hysteria, globally speaking, about the evil Jews likely has several immediate causes, but surely at bottom it's just the same old, same old. Uh, the, about the people who, who teach that God exists and wants you to choose good over evil. The existence of Jews triggers in some people the knowledge of God who created man in the Garden of Eden and at that time uh, gave him his first lesson in life, knowing his creation would rebel against his negative commandment not to eat the fruit of a certain tree, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, Adam did, and Eve too, and uh, the Jews represent those who remain loyal to that God who gave the world, right there in the Garden of Eden, the very knowledge of good and evil and his desire of his creation to choose good over evil.
and that was David Gerwitz. And you're listening to the program program on phantomnation.com. So uh, before the music, I, I reasoned that there are likely several causes for the eruption of Jew hatred in the world not seen in 80 years. That's two generations of 40 each. And that may be a clue, another clue. Uh, the kind of anti-Jew lunacy we are seeing these days may just be due to the nature of this psychological mental disorder of delusions about Jews doing evil. You know, Israel is uh, an, an apartheid society. That's one of the accusations. Uh, Israel is committing genocide uh, of the Palestinian people. I think of this behavior as a kind of a virus. It's not biological like COVID, but psychological, a word derived from the Greek word for soul. It is a kind of a spiritual malaria that comes and goes. Uh, like the tides, it rises and falls. At its worst, it produces off-the-rails haters. Uh, the English seem to be particularly sensitive or susceptible to this. Roger Waters, Jeremy Corbyn, uh, Ken Livingston, George Galloway. And now we learn of a sportscaster on the BBC, BBC chronically off-the-rails about Israel, one uh, Gary Lineker, I think the name is. He used to be a soccer star in England now does a broadcast for the BBC. He apparently also is infected with baseless thoughts of Jews as major evildoers. And when it comes to what happened in October, and these are the types who have torn down posters of Jews in, the, in captivity, held in the clutches of these sadistic maniacs, for whom Jews deserve no pity because they are so evil. Uh, they're not victims, they are victimizers. What did... The UN's Secretary General Guterres say October 7th did not happen in a vacuum, as if the crimes against the ancient Palestinians by Israel were of the same magnitude as what was done to Israel on that day. It enrages such people, afflicted with this delusional mental disorder that Jews can be or should ever be pitied as victims because they are the worst victimizers. They're evil incarnate. Also exposed to my satisfaction... Uh, was this uh, ex-U.S. Army Colonel Douglas McGregor, a commentator. Uh, he is an anti-Jew. Uh, he had been a, probably still is, a frequent opinionator uh, on Car Tucker Carlson's uh, witty podcast, now podcast. He exposed himself to me uh, in his assault on Ben Shapiro's patriotism. This committed, you know, he was committing the classic Jewish crime of the Jews are insufficiently patriotic. Uh, they have dual loyalty, uh, even treason, as in the Dreyfus Affair. I used to be a big fan of Carlson, but no more. I had seen McGregor on his program several times and had a sense of his anti-Jewism, but was, I was, it was rather vague. Then the other day on YouTube, I just came across him by accident. When I saw him say, Israel these days runs Washington. So maybe anti-Semitism is like the... 17-year cicada insect that only surfaces from underground briefly once every 17 years. Today's hatred of Israel should thus not overly surprise us. Those of us born after 1945 were spared a serious bout of anti-Jew insanity. But now, two generations after Auschwitz, which for 20-year-olds is ancient history, uh, it's back in fashion, with Israel being little help in dealing with this uh, essential lie of the age that these Muslims are... Uh, Palestinian patriots f pining for their old homeland that the Jews stole from them. 
Israel never says a word about this essential anti-Jew lie of the age. I await the day the Prime Minister, in one of his frequent videos, says that the uh, rallying cry, Palestine will be free, is a joke, because there never was such a nation living in a place called Palestine. Jew hatred always manifests as lies, delusions, fantasies, anger, hatred, and that is what Palestinian nationalism is all about. How to smear the Jews with lies about their alleged vital crimes when what enrages these haters are the identity of the Jews as the representatives of a god the haters don't want to know about.
was simply Tzfat. Okay, that's it for this uh, second of this week's three podcasts for subscribers to phantom-nation.com. I'll be back for number three on Thursday. Until then, Lanatov Tov, Me'eretz Yisrael.